Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. A belated uh, Happy New Year and hope you had a good Christmas and uh, New Year. We certainly did. As you know, we were on the road and we kind of had time with uh, both sides of the family and uh, had a wonderful Christmas dinner with Cheryl's, all of Cheryl's siblings. I think it's the first time in a long time we all got together all in one household. So that was wonderful and beautiful. And man, the food was scrumptious. We could talk about food for a long time right after, after the break. And then we got to see our children, our younger two children, and our eldest came down as well. And uh, so we got together, and it was really special because both of them bought, the younger two bought new homes. And so we got to stay in their own homes instead of Airbnbs, so it was a lot better. So that was very, very special indeed. And then on New Year's Day, uh, my sister put together a traditional Japanese New Year's meal. Of course, that's always high on my list and charts, so that made my stomach happy. And, of course, good to see all the family and their children. And uh, had a wonderful time uh, with my 93.5-year-old mother. And always good to see mom. And uh, for whatever reason, I gave her an extra big hug as I left. Uh, You know, at that age, you know, you start thinking about things, right? So we pray for her and uh, love her for sure. So... Um, in December, we stepped away from the fruit of the Spirit for the Advent season, and we actually have one left. Sorry about the graphic there. I, I don't know what mood I was in, but I thought I kind of liked it. I had no idea how to put self-control images on there, but you get the picture. This is the, a smiley fruit, okay? But uh, anyway, we return, and uh, we want to talk about self-control today. Now, you probably, like I have, probably overindulge over the New Year's and, uh, you know, with your favorite foods over the break. And and so maybe, you know, it's appropriate to talk about self-control. But then again, maybe for some of you, it's the last thing you want to think about, right? Just forget the guilt down, you know? So, and of course, self-control is far more than food and food consumption is much more than this. But the word self-control basically takes us back to Galatians 5, 19 to 21, where Paul talks about people who are basically out of control. So you can flip there, but I have it on the screen for you as well. And uh, I will read Galatians 5, 19, 23 to 23. And what it does is basically compares those who have learned self-control, the fruit of the Spirit, at least the ideal, with another list, basically a list that's basically completely out of control. So I'll be reading uh, this time from the New Living Translation for just for something different here. So uh, listen to God's word. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very special, uh, very clear, sorry. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Well, as you can tell, the very first list is very, very ugly. When people don't have control over their lives... This gives way to self-indulgence, to to sexual gratification, uh, arrogance, orgies, and division. You know, in their book, uh, Invitation to Journey, uh, Molin and Barton speak about from the moment of our birth, practically, we actually engage in the struggle to control. And we want to control that portion of the world that we are in. You know, even when you're a little child, you want to control things. Uh, when you be, maybe become a teenager, you try to control your parents for your needs and wants, when you want it and how you want it. Or we try to get our friends to play our way, or else they're going to get us to play their way, right? So this is kind of a struggle here. And so Paul's very dark, out-of-control list didn't begin right away out of control, but it began gradually as people seek to control their own hearts and desires without God, right? So the first list is a list basically without God. So if our heart has no desire to please God, the gift of sex, for example, which is the loving, physical, emotional intimacy between a husband and wife is viewed as this horrible obstacle, right? Without any desire to honor God, people don't like to be told what is right and what is wrong, what to do or what not to do. And so, from the very beginning, we want to control our world and determine for ourselves what is good, what is right, what is bad, what will suit themselves. And if God is not in their desires... This leads to instant gratification, but lies at the heart of a life that is simply out of control. But under Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, as Paul talks about, God has come, he has broken in through Jesus Christ, given us his Holy Spirit to make us into new creations of God, so that our heart will pulsate for the desires of God. And so Paul says in Galatians 6.15, what counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. And so this is what leads him to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And of course, today we want to talk about self-control. In Jesus Christ, through his help, there is a much better way. So what is self-control? Self-control... Uh, maybe the ninth fruit of the Spirit. But just because it's in last doesn't mean it's not important. It's very important. Pastor John Maxwell once said this, the first victory that successful people or godly people ever achieve is the victory over themselves. When we have victory over ourselves and our own flesh... Victory over our own selfish ambitions 
and becomes self-conceited, then we become victorious over many other things in our life. But if we lack self-control over ourselves, then we tend to struggle with many other issues in our life, including our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. Now, the Greek word for self-control means to exercise control over one's desires and actions. Uh, In everyday language, it simply means to get a hold of or to get a grip on. So let's take a look at uh, several other verses on self-control that help us get a better sense of what it means and why we need it. Without self-control... We lack protection. Proverbs 25, 28 states this. Like a city whose walls are broken is a person who lacks self-control. Those who lack self-control are like a city with broken down walls. And like a city, these people lack proper defenses and protection. If they're tempted to gossip about someone, nothing holds them back. If if they are tempted by sexual sin, they lack the inner moral convictions to hold back the tide of sexual fantasies or images. And so self-control is about building up a strong and moral spiritual wall that helps us fight off the temptations to indulge in our selfless nature Um, I compare it to maybe something like the firewall on our computers. And so without the proper defense, the viruses of our soul are certain to break through. And so self-control is about defense and protection. The one who has self-control will be victorious in many things. Better a patient person than a warrior one with self-control, than one who takes a city. This is Proverbs 16.32. Now, in this proverb, a military warrior is in view. In the ancient world, in the culture of the ancient world, a warrior who captured a city by force would be considered the great hero, right? He'd be the strongest. He'd be the one that was given the parade in the city. But according to this proverb... It is the person who patiently controls his own passions who was much greater than this warrior. So the question is, who is the real strong person here? The real strong person is the one who is patient, the one who has gained victory over himself or herself and their passions. You know, reflecting on this proverb, uh, my old Old Testament teacher, Bruce Walkie, says, taking a city is child's play compared to comparing our inner passions. I like that. Compared to controlling our own passions in the flesh and blood, taking a city is child's play. So he's just highlighting the fact how critical and how important this is. Having patience, self-control, like controlling our tongue, that James speaks a lot about, is a great achievement, a greater achievement than capturing a city because it is so powerful. 
The proverb reminds us how powerful our passions and desires can be. James continues to say, this is James 3, 7, people can tame animals. And we know we can, right? We train animals, dogs and horses. But then he goes on to say, but no one can tame the tongue. That's interesting. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. You know, very often our selfish passions are expressed by our words when the heat is turned on. James goes on to challenge the church and says this, those who use the same tongue to praise God, maybe on a Sunday morning, but out of the same mouth comes cursing. And so he's challenging the church. This is not the way it should be. What's going on? We lack self-control. There's a large ad for car tires that filled a massive billboard. Probably looked just like that. And on that billboard was a striking picture of a gigantic and intimidating fist coming right at your face, right? Bursting out of the background, kind of like a 3D image. But at the bottom, in this case, at the top of the picture, the knuckles of the fist morphed into the shape of four large tires with deep treads. And the message said this, power is nothing without control. Power is nothing without control. So you can imagine, you know, suppose these tires are on, a, are on a monster truck, right? And the truck has this massive engine. But unless it's kept under control, where the rubber meets the road, things can get dangerous very, very quickly. So in a similar way, all of us have powerful drives and passions, if we're willing to admit it, more powerful than we might realize what the Bible calls our own flesh that needs to be kept under control or we lose control of many things in our life. The need for self-control is talked about in other scriptures as well. It's probably more prominent than we realize. So let me just show you a few more here. Uh, quickly on the qualifications for spiritual leadership. Now an overseer or elder is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, nor, viol nor violence, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Now this, of course, makes total sense, right? Our Christian leaders must be people who show discipline and demonstrate victory over themselves first. Not about perfection, of course. None of us are perfect. But our leaders must be growing in victory over themselves in their walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, some more passages from Titus, showing that all generations need self-control. Teacher, uh, Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. 
Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children and be self-controlled and pure. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. Now, if you notice in that list, it isn't just the young men that are addressed here, right? Everyone is addressed. You know, a few weeks ago, maybe it was a month ago, I talked about in a sermon about one of my boyhood friends who attached a box of firecrackers to his belt buckle. You remember that story, right? He lit it up and it all blew up and the entire box went off. And uh, uh, he did survive, by the way. But, you know, this type of foolish, out-of-control behavior is what we imagine that young boys do. But in this list, everyone is told to exercise, exercise self-control. Male, female, young, old are instructed to have self-control. So the issue may be about anger, our emotions, about our speech, the way we talk to one another, gossip, another speech word. It could be about the love of money, about possessions. Do they possess you? Sexual passions or temptations to be loved by the world instead of a deep love for God. So it really doesn't matter what age or stage or sex. Temptations of all kinds are common to every generation of every gender. No matter how old we become, let's not kid ourselves, self-control is still necessary. You know, sadly, it seems to me that every generation, we always hear about or read about yet another Christian leader whose works, whose sermons we have heard, whose books we have read, but shockingly they fall because of sexual immorality and not just that, also due to character, right? And you know what I'm talking about, and it's sad, right? So my point is, it could strike anyone, right? God could lead you a long time in a certain ministry, but something could cause you to fall. Self-control is absolutely necessary. It only serves to remind us our guard can never come down at any stage of our life, both for the young and in between and as we become older. That is why self-control and discipline is crucial for our lives. So, of course, as we talked about the rubber meets, where the rubber meets the road, you have to answer the, um, answer the question of how. Um, we can say a lot of things here, but let me just say a few. First of all, walk in tandem with the Holy Spirit. This is where we get traction to harness the sometimes powerful passions that we all possess. And I think that God led Paul to conclude with self-control, just as he began with the greatest character of all, love. Then he ends with self-control, because he knew how powerful the power of sin in the flesh really is. The only power that is sufficient to keep the power of sin under control is the Holy Spirit. 
This is what Paul celebrates in Galatians at the very end. He talks mostly about the Holy Spirit. I mean, thank God. If you trust in Jesus Christ today, he has given you the gift of his presence, which the Bible says is the Holy Spirit, right? The personal, powerful presence of God. And he's here to help you keep sinful desires and impulses that lurk beneath us under control. But at the same time, we can't ignore the self in self-control. So growing in self-control involves you too. But our own efforts must always be inspired and empowered by the Spirit of God. So a few passages here. 2 Peter 1.3. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Right? You agree with that? Of course, it's right in Scripture. God has given us everything we need for a guided life. Then it goes on a few verses later in verse 5. It also says, Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness self-control. Right? So when it says add to your faith, he's talking about us. Right? We have a part to play. Make every effort is about you. Because he has given us wills to decide and to choose and to obey. Or put it a different way. This is the language of Paul in Galatians. Galatians 5.16. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We do our part how? By walking. Right? No one's going to walk for you. You do the walking. Our walking, however, is done in tandem with the Spirit. So there it is. Walk, how? By the power of the Spirit. So it involves God, but it involves you walking in tandem with the Spirit. I've never owned a tandem bike before. Maybe you have, right? Two-person bike. But it reminds me of a tandem bike. Greater power is achieved as we both pedal, two people pedal in tandem. But you, the, you know, the back person, as I understand, you, you kind of follow the lead of the front person. And so in a similar way, power and victory is achieved when our lives, when we walk in tandem with God, and when we, when we yield to his power in everything that we do. Okay, so we gain victory when we walk in tandem with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, begin with yourselves, not others. How many times do we blame others for our problems? If it wasn't for da-da-da-da-da, then all my issues would just fall away, right? Victorious people, as we said before, are victorious over themselves First, start with yourself, not with anyone else. D.L. Moody, he was the great evangelist of the last century, and he was asked a question. Of all people who you come in contact with, Mr. Moody, who gives you the most trouble? It's quite the question, right? D.L. Moody thinks about it and says this. I have the most trouble with myself. 
good answer, a humble answer, a truthful answer. Start with yourself. The one who has victory over themselves first will be victorious in many things. Take responsibility and then bring yourself to God. Thirdly, renew your mind through God's word. You know, self-control requires correct thinking. It requires truthful teaching. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed by the patterns of this world. Rather be transformed by the renewing of your minds. That's thinking, right? Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's perfect will is for you. So meditating on God's word is so important because when you don't, what happens? I think when you don't, your brain gets mushy because information is always coming at you, right? It never, ever stops. Social media, yes, even in your schools, public schools, we are inundated with thinking that is of the world and not of God's truthful thinking, right? So this is why it gets complicated. So we have all these sources of information, what is labeled as what is true. But you need, like a waterfall, the truth of God's word to wash over you again and again and again. And what's that's all, what is that all about? It's about renewing your minds. You know, when you read the Word of God, you know, I just love those aha moments. And for me, you know, there's, I've been reading the Word for a long time. But then I have these aha moments and, I, and it's like this, of course, or, or, or a conviction or a reminder or this refreshment and And I realize again and again how I so need his word. You never get too old for his word. And sometimes it feels like it's sure. Okay? I'll admit that. Sometimes it feels like it's sure. But keep on going on. Because God will give you the joy of learning. And and because you're, you're really meeting with him, aren't you? You're meeting him face to face. This is his word, his message for you. But when we read his word, he keeps our minds sharp. And when our minds are sharp, our souls become sharp, and you can better defend all that information that you hear. So meditate on the word of God, and self-control is going to happen. Finally, ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you might lack self-control. You know, this is the last thing I'm going to say, but I feel like I'm opening a can, a big, huge can here, so I'm sorry to drop you off here, but here I go. When we live away from God, we actually hesitate to ask God for fear of being exposed. Do you know what I mean? Okay? Maybe at any time we're a little scared. Because I find often 
we don't even ask God this question, right? Lord, you know, will you show to me what I need from you? Right? When's the last time we've done that? It's like confession. When's the last time you've confessed something? Uh, We're proud people. But also we're fearful people. We don't like to be told about our weakness. But it has to happen. Psalm 139, 24 says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I am so glad that last part is there. Because what the psalmist is saying that is when you invite God to search your heart, it's about freedom, not condemnation. Right? The way everlasting is about freedom. So remember, when you do these things, when you ask God to reveal where you lack self-control, just know that God is on your side. Right? Remember the verse we quoted in Galatians 6? It's about becoming new creations. This is amazing stuff. Yes, he can, he can make us into his image, new creations of God. And God is on your side helping you to grow in godliness and self-control, which is the way of everlasting, right? Eternal things. These are eternal things. And so come humbly before God. Come humbly before God. Because we're proud people. And he promises, as James says, that he will draw near to you. Come close to you. Draw near to God, he'll come close to you. Conviction might come, but it's a good conviction, right? A positive conviction. And please know that God adores you. Do you know that? God adores you. He loves you. He cares about you. And God is especially delighted when his children ask. Right? I think parents understand that a little bit, right? Aren't you kind of moved when your child asks you for advice? cool. Maybe God's a bit like that. Oh, finally Dan is humbly asking for help. That gives God joy. It does. And whatever he shows you, you know, maybe it's about the tongue, your speech. Maybe it's about impatience that he will show you. Maybe it's about a bad habit. Whatever it is, don't ignore it. Because remember we said, don't ignore the self and self-control, right? So God's speaking to you, but you must respond. You must obey. Don't ignore what he shows you. Because when you do, when you're working in tandem with him, he is willing to help you gain victory each step of the way. It may involve other people, by the way. Right? So there's another humbling step. 
because some things require others' help. Sometimes some of our out-of-control behaviors require a deep dive, what we sometimes call inner healing, because of past wounds. Have you been hurt by past wounds? I'll just raise my hand and say, yep, I'm one of them, okay? We're all children who have been wounded, not because your parents wanted to hurt you, just because we're broken, sinful people, friends, right? Because of past wounds. Whatever the case, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, and God cares about you, and so continue to walk, do the walk, you do the walking, but do it with the Holy Spirit. Do it in this wonderful relationship where we sometimes call a conversation with God, right? This is what this is, right? This is just the asking part. And know that he speaks to you and he's looking for his servants that listen to his voice and obey. And like I said before, don't be afraid to ask for help because when we talk about any of these fruits, They involve the body of Christ, right? And so we need to ask others for help, ask people to pray for us, because sometimes this journey is rough and bumpy, and you need the Holy Spirit, you need to obey, but you need God's people to help you and pray for you. All right, well, let's pray. Lord, we come to you in this new year, And our desire is to become like Jesus. And to become like Jesus sometimes requires this deeper dig where we come to you and ask you, Lord, Lord, what what is it that is missing in my life today? I thank you that you don't overwhelm us with everything because we got lots. But help us, Lord, to maybe just Put a finger on one thing that you are showing us so that we grow in our control over our own emotions. And when we do that, we will grow in our relationship with other people in your church family or other people in this world because you want us to be witnesses for you. And so we just humbly come before you, Lord, and ask for your divine help. And help us to be people who make decisions to simply obey you according to what you've told us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. I love how I think Pastor Dan started off his uh, talk about the fruit of the Spirit with it's it's only in God and in his Holy Spirit that we're able to do the things. And again today, walking with him. So our song is, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. I'm going to just let you choose if you want to stand or sing. You're welcome to do either as we finish with this closing song. What gift of grace 
is Jesus my Redeemer. There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only
until I stand with joy before the throne. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to As we close, I'm going to read a few verses for you from Psalm 143. And, uh, you know, this coming to the Lord and Him being faithful. And I was talking this morning about His promises and how He's um, faithful and trustworthy. But as Dan mentioned this morning, you know, He's gracious, He's kind. Like us coming to Him, leading us to everlasting life. Like He's working on our behalf for our good. And uh, Psalm of David 143, I'm just going to read a couple verses out of the middle of it. Um, I'm going to turn it into us instead of me, but he says, Let us hear of your unfailing love each morning, for we are trusting you. Show us where to walk, for we give ourselves to you. Teach us to do your will, for you are our God. May your gracious spirit lead us forward on firm footings. Father, thank you that that is so true. Lord, we pray that for ourselves this morning, Lord, that you would show us where to walk. Lord, that your gracious spirit would lead us forward. Forgive us, Lord, for our pride, maybe not wanting to come to you. Forgive us for our lack of self-control. Lord, I pray that you would grow us in self-control. Lord, reveal to our hearts what you want to say to us this morning. Um, Lord, on the side of who we are in you and how much you love us, and also on the side of, you know, where you want us to grow and what you maybe want us to change in our lives. And not, not that you're beating us down, but Lord, that you have so much better things for us. And so Lord, I pray that you would grow us in our self-control. And uh, continue to grow us in our walk with you. So I just pray for your blessing on these people today. Pray that you would help us to walk in your grace, in your peace, and in your joy. So Lord, just fill us up with yourself that we can be your light wherever we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Have a great day.